Hello, everyone. This is Sherry Rice. Welcome to Access to Healthcare's weekly podcast, where we bring you local guests on topics of interest for you and your family. Today, we continue our series on COVID-19 issues with the interesting topic of being pregnant during a pandemic. My guest is Nora Ann Brooklocker, a local licensed marriage and family therapist with Sierra Sunrise Wellness. Welcome, Nora. Hi, thank you again. Well, um, with with all that's been going on with COVID-19, unless someone in your family is having a baby, most of us wouldn't really be thinking about how COVID-19 can affect a woman's pregnancy, but I know that it does, and I know that this is a personal issue for you, Nora Ann. When is your baby due? Uh, well, he's due very soon here. Um, I'm due October 3rd. Um, but really at this point, technically, he can come at any time. So hopefully he continues to to hold because <laughs> I have some loose ends to tie up here. But um, it, it certainly has been um, a factor for some families. Um, I was looking at the statistics, and it looks like the childbearing portion of the population, from what I've been able to find, is maybe only about 6%. So it's seemingly pretty small. Um, however, one of the best memes that I saw during this time was a prediction that there uh, would be a baby boom and the rise of the quarantines in 2033. Uh-huh. So I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> oh, Going to occupy your time in isolation somehow. <laughs> exactly. So, so this isn't your first child. So you had other experience that you can compare to um, being pregnant during a pandemic. And that's really, I think, what we want to talk about is how has this differed? And I know there's um, some topics that that really have to do with pregnancy, and especially in a pandemic. How has it uh, changed your social life, um, medical appointments? Of course, there's worrying about catching the virus, worry about the baby getting COVID-19. We need to bring that up because Certainly, um, someone who's pregnant would be concerned about that. Restrictions on labor and delivery, your partner's involvement, working from home, uh, grandparents helping out, play dates for your older children, um, a first-time pregnancy, a baby shower, post-party support, uh, partum support systems, um, sadness about what COVID has taken from you in alone time. So these are just some things I thought maybe we could go over today. I'll let you sort of, Noran, go in kind of the order that you would like to start letting us know if there has been a difference with this pregnancy? You know, there certainly has. Um, this, so this is my third pregnancy, um, and it quite honestly has been quite stressful. Um, I have felt uh, some fairly high cortisol levels, so that's your stress hormones, and I've been doing my utmost to try to mitigate against those. Um, I think that when it comes to welcoming a child to the world, it can be such a beautiful experience to have one's community and village around them. And, of course, it has been so much more limited this time around uh, for me as well as for for a number of other expectant moms. Um, I'll share as well that I have not personally been to the grocery store since March. Um, I've seen about two friends in person. 
Um, I've learned that Grubhub is super awesome and insanely convenient <laughs> resource, especially when you have toddlers. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I personally have only really filled my own gas tank maybe three to four times since March. So to me, those numbers really reflect the isolation that has occurred. Yeah. Um, we have in my own family integrated um, some of those family members back um, being very cautious in doing so because I think it wasn't super clear initially um, how much this would affect a pregnant woman and, of course, like, say, the Zika, Zika virus. That one had huge implications for, for um, an unborn fetus. And so with that, um, initially taking just extreme precautions, um, but more research has come out that indicates that it does not appear that pregnant women are at much greater risk uh, for COVID-19 than other women would be, that um, it's especially in the case of those who do have those pre-existing medical issues, such as high blood pressure, diabetes, um, et cetera, that uh, in general are more of a risk for COVID-19 um, are the ones that tend to be more likely to get it. Um, and so that, that definitely helped my, my stress level come down a bit. Um, and it would appear as well that when it comes to um, this situation with worries about the baby getting it, I would imagine for mothers who have already had their children being very, very cautious as they normally might, you know, in terms of who can come around or touch the baby. That's that's a big one. Some people think that it's okay to just touch your newborn baby. No, no, it's not. <laughs> that regardless right. of COVID or not, you should definitely refrain from without permission, certainly. So there's, right. there's some, major, some major changes that have occurred here. Well, you, um, social isolation. I mean, you're, you're letting us, uh, giving us a look into the last six months or so for you. And as you said, you've only seen a couple of friends. You haven't really gone out of the house much. How has that been for you? Because I assume it would be the same for a lot of moms that are pregnant. For me personally, I'm an introvert, so I don't mind it, <laughs> to be 100% honest. Um, I I have really enjoyed my garden time and really enjoyed my, my time with my children. But of course, being um, being a therapist, uh, I've also had to be very careful in terms of um, I've, I've had a very high workload and that, that too has been really draining. So trying to do my utmost to try to actually conserve my energy. And so some of the time off, quote unquote, from other social engagements has actually worked well for me personally. Um, but when it comes to, say, other pieces here, um, I think that there is some grief for, for a number of different individuals. Um, another example would be that my husband and my son were able to go with me to my very first appointment right before those restrictions went into place. And I have gone along to every single appointment since, and that includes the 20-week anatomy scan and ultrasound. And for those who this is a first-time pregnancy for or those who are experiencing a lot of complications in their pregnancy, that's really hard. That's really, yeah. really hard to sometimes so go to those appointments alone and maybe not know the information you're going to receive. Is that a rule of your uh, OBGYN that your husband can't come 
to the appointment? Yes, yes. Uh, I receive yeah. a message every single uh, confirmation that uh, no one else is allowed except for the mother. I do mm-hmm. believe there has been a recent change around the 20-week anatomy scan, but they knew that that was a very special experience for a number of families. And so um, I do believe that they've tried to make exceptions with that. Um, But they're really trying to limit exposure, again, because some of this has been unknown as to how it might affect uh, the the pregnant woman as well as the unborn baby. So, so Nora Ann, if if you weren't pregnant, would you have been as strict on your social isolation as you have been? Um, that's a great question. To be honest with you, um, I probably would have uh, started seeing clients in my office. Um, this has definitely been a big reason why I've continued to refrain from having in-person sessions. So I think that there would be a level at which I might have been a little bit more willing to put myself out there. Um, one of the earlier reports is that it appeared that uh, COVID-19 wasn't impacting children as greatly as other populations. And that was a huge relief for me as well for mm-hmm. my very young children. Of course, there's now other other pieces that are coming through about um, the additional possibilities, not just COVID-19, but and, uh, excuse me, I'm forgetting what uh, what it's called for the younger children. Um, but when it comes to my own considerations, I might I might have been a little bit more open to socialization, um, but I tend to be a little bit on the cautious side myself anyway, so mm-hmm. I, I'm not entirely sure on that one. Well, it, it, let's talk about, as you brought up the milestones, um, the 20-week milestone. What other milestones... Do you think um, you haven't been able to um, explore, you haven't been able to celebrate? So I think with this, uh, a lot of the experience, I think um, as well when it when it comes to not only the pregnancy, but then the delivery and having people all around, I, I think that's been one of the harder pieces to come to terms with. Um, in my prior experiences, I've been able to have multiple support people with me, around me, um, and knowing that there's uh, only going to be my husband there, it's, it's that, that for me is at least a relief that I'll have him. Right. I recall mm-hmm. this moment watching the news, and I saw a reporter who was um, 37 weeks pregnant at that time, and she was describing how she... Um, she would give birth and her husband would be able to be present, but he would need to leave just a couple hours after. And for some people as well, um, depending on the area that you are in, in the hospitals, this has not been the case here in Reno to my knowledge, but um, that uh, there have been no support people allowed, you know, being extremely strict and cautious. And that to me has been just really, really heartbreaking because that's a definite time that you want people around. But of course, once the baby arrives, then there's also this sense of um, sleep deprivation. <laughs> and especially right. if there are other children in the household, you know, it's, it's a lot. And uh, paternity leave uh, is, I would say, not quite as well accepted uh, here in the U.S., certainly. But 
with that said, you know, that's, that's a time where it's really nice to have all those hands on deck. And I would imagine for a number of families, that's been extremely limited. Yeah. Well, and grandparents, being a grandparent myself, uh, they play such a big role in helping out with the uh, existing children when there's a new baby that comes into the house. Have you uh, incorporated other family members into what I would call your bubble? We did. We chose to do so um, because we were taking precautions otherwise. Um, With that said, one of the things my my own mom said to me um, was she wanted so badly to remember all the things that really make life worth living. And that's not to say that she was having, you know, darker thoughts there. That's not certainly what I want to imply, but it's more of like the the sentiment of what really are the joys in life. And, you know, to know that this is going to be such an ongoing, long experience, um, you know, again, we initially thought, oh, it'll just be short time. And in fact, it's gone on and on and on and on. And, Um, Mm -hmm. With that, I think that it's been understood that for that initial juncture, we we really did just completely keep it to ourselves um, and not see people outside of our bubble, but integrating in the people that are biggest priority to us and our kiddos and um, to the people that we want um, to spend mm-hmm. the most time with. And then, of course, there are the um, FaceTime and other types of options for other people outside of that. Well, let's talk about labor and delivery because um, that, of course, has a whole different shift to it with COVID-19. You, I'm assuming that when you go into labor and you go to the hospital, they'll do a COVID test. Has there been a procedure told to you about that? Yes. So if I were to be induced, then I would have a COVID test a couple of days ahead of time. Um, If I were to simply go into labor, then I would need to wear my mask uh, until my COVID results came back in. Um, Mm. And they will be able to do the rapid testing, so that definitely is wonderful. Um, but at the same time, uh, that, that was one of my concerns is uh, active labor in a mask. Um, you know, that, that, uh, whew. <laughs> I, I'm all yep. for wearing a mask, uh, majority of the time, but in that particular circumstance, that sounded, um, a little difficult. And, um, my husband will have to wear his mask a hundred percent of the time. That has been part of what we've been directed to know and there are definitely points of my uh, birth plan that have needed to change and just simply needed to be flexible uh, when it comes to not entirely knowing what what to expect there will be no family in the waiting room all family will be Mm -hmm. at home simply awaiting phone calls and uh, maybe mm-hmm. it's because I'm a millennial, but um, one of the things that I, I feel a little bit saddened by um, are the pictures. You know, so in the uh, past I've had uh-huh. people there who could take pictures of those first moments of, of greeting right. our children. And that won't be the so case. So you won't be allowed a cell phone in there to take a picture? Well, we would, but, you know, the, the if it's between my husband and I, I think the focus yeah. will predominantly be on yeah, that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Get that baby yeah. out. 
Uh, you know, yep. I find that I typically don't care what else is happening around me <laughs> except for what's happening. Uh, with yeah, I remember one. that. So. Yeah, I remember that. Everything sort of goes yeah. out the window at that moment. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're well, and you know, you're you're just doing a a great job, Noranovic, of giving us a picture of what has changed and. Like I said in the beginning, if we don't have someone in our family that's going to have a, is pregnant and going to have a child, we really, we have other things we're focused on with the COVID-19. But if you're pregnant, then you're focused on COVID-19 and the pregnancy. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And not having the support system, I think, sounds like it's one of the, the major adjustments uh, for any woman to not have that support system. And let's talk a little bit postpartum. So, um, you know, you you go home a day or two later and uh, a lot of women have other children at home and unless they've included somebody in their bubble, that wouldn't be the time to include them, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, um, if, if that is not somebody that you've had around or, you know, I mean, you could certainly make arrangements to see somebody outside, you know, they'll, they'll be able to see the baby at a distance um, and uh, to each parent's own, you know, I, I want to be very careful here that really it's to each parent's best discrepancy, just like any other decisions that you're going to make on behalf of that child during their lifetime. This is one of those. Um, but when it comes to making arrangements, potentially you can you can make it feasible. And that would include, say, like a baby shower. I know we're talking postpartum, but I do want to include in here like a baby shower. That, that has, I know, been a, a big change. This is my third baby, so I'm not as worried about a baby shower because I've already had one. I've, I've been able to have that experience. And so that, to me personally, is not a loss. I know that is for others. Um, but I would in, wrap all of that in together to say, you know, sometimes it's like meeting in a park and trying to maintain the social distancing guidelines as to it, it feeling comfortable for each and every person who's there. Um, but, you know, there, there certainly are ways that people are getting very creative these days. Um, but I will say that, you know, with a little baby, it just, oh, it, pictures just don't often do it justice, you know, or... Um, doing FaceTime or what have you versus really getting to see that little one in person. And so that, that can be a bit of a loss. Or families who normally would maybe fly or travel in order to go see that new uh, right. that new family member, that too is significantly different. And just purely based off of the travel, there's COVID testing and everything that has to happen and quarantining and mm-hmm. whether or not people can even take that significant amount of time in order to do all of the precautions necessary can be really, really different and hard. So yeah, absolutely. Postpartum can be can be a very difficult time, but again, baby shower can also be one of those difficult moments. Right. Where, um, they want to have people around them, and it just might not be as feasible. But to each their own, as to they how they how comfortable that they feel. Mhm. So what I know that we've I've read quite a few articles on uh, on the negative aspects of COVID on our lives. So in other words, the things that we've had to give up. But in many of the articles, there's also a point of many of the things that we've received uh, 
from having COVID and the isolation and needing to quarantine. Um, would you say there's some positive aspects to this while you've been pregnant? You did say you were an introvert, so it's not so bad being home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this this little one, um, I I feel such a strong connection to, and I feel like going through this together, to me personally, all the more amplifies the bond that he and I share. Um I I really enjoyed his company, you know, and some of those really, really difficult sessions that I've had, I have felt his little kicks, and they have been that reminder of what is still yet to come, all that is still yet to, to be looked forward to, and uh, it really is that wonderful reminder that this moment in the here and now is temporary, we're working through it. You know, ideally, we'll get through this moment when and all of these challenges. And um, I want I want so much to know that this little this little guy really has been such a such a gift during some very hard days. One other piece I want to say for integrating families in or integrating in um, one's spouse or other children, one of the best things that my husband and I decided to do was um, there's a place here in Reno anyway, but um, I'm sure there's multiple as well as in whatever location that someone is in and they're listening to this. We went to a place called 3D Keepsake Imaging, And um, they gave us about half an hour where we got to uh, see our baby. Um, So with the 3D imaging available. And it's just so, so precious to be able to to see that little one. So I think I was about mm, 32 weeks pregnant or so when we did that. And um, we got to bring my son. We got to bring my daughter. and so my son was able to see uh, mom's belly, <laughs> and um, my my husband was able to be next to me, and um, we were able to have uh, some of the grandparents there as well. So it was a very, very special, sacred moment. And, you know, in some ways that I thought was a nice replacement for some of the ways in which my husband hasn't been able to be as involved in this particular pregnancy. So if there are moms out there listening, I highly encourage you to at least look into it. We got a little um, heartbeat animal that comes along, and we have done this for all three of the pregnancies that we've had. So I have a little heartbeat animal for each one of my kiddos, but this particular one, whew, it uh, it just meant all the more because of yeah. the lack of ability to be involved. And what was the name of the place again? So the place here in Reno that we went to was 3D Keepsake Imaging, and I thought that they took really great precautions, and um, just it really was such a, a beautiful experience. So... What advice do you have to any uh, soon-to-be moms that are listening or their support people? You know, it's really typical for moms in general during pregnancy to um, feel a little bit more emotional. And one of the, the things that I myself have experienced, and I'm also hearing from 
Um, my doctors who have relayed to me is that depression is a little bit higher this time around for a number of expectant moms. Um, you know, I think with some of those losses or some of that grieving, having that sense of ability to grieve is really important, allowing yourself to feel the loss, not just simply uh, rushing over it, saying, well, it, it, it's okay, it's all going to be fine. And that, too, I think is also going to be true for for majority of people. Um, but at the same time, I think that this is this is a really special, sacred moment. So allowing yourself to feel what you feel for the support people to allow for those uh, those women as well to be able to feel what they feel. Um, and that, in fact, some of those special moments can be recaptured in other ways down the line. There's so many magnificent moments of being a parent. And um, those moments are, are also soon to come. And so with that said, I simply want to convey that this is just one part of the chapter here of that book and that there is just so much more that's just on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Noran, for sharing your pregnancy experience with us. We've been discussing pregnancy during a pandemic with Nora Ann Brooklocker, a local licensed marriage and family therapist with Sierra Sunrise Wellness. And Nora Ann, we look forward to hearing that that baby boy um, has joined your family. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. To see a list of all of our podcasts, go to accesstohealthcare.org slash podcast. Be safe, everyone. Please wear your mask.